He's gonna, what's he gonna do, a crucifix here? I don't know either way! Oh, my goodness! He lifted him off the top! Put him down with a gut buster from the heavens! All right, so this week's match was from Nitro in 96, and this is... I don't know if you remember, Jim, I told you once before, I fucking hate Shivani because this fucking guy just keeps saying Hogan, 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 Hogan. <laughs> Wasn't this the perfect fucking match to explain that? Dude, this, like, he reminded me of Vince when we were watching those old Raw episodes right. where he kept hyping the main event. He just kept hyping, like, everybody and their brother who knew anybody that watched the pay-per-view knew Hogan turned. Like, there's no... There's no reason to keep this huge secret. It's very right. bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's. I agree. It's bizarre. But the match starts, and instead of introducing Malenko and Mysterio, he goes, if you're a wrestling fan, or if you're not a wrestling fan, if you know somebody who knows the name Hulk Hogan, you have to watch yesterday's pay-per-view. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> it was, this is, I think, the best case example of him being ordered to just push people to be interested in the main event you've got a fucking classic on your hands in front of you and you're ignoring what's going on in the ring it was just so fucking frustrating oh, this is like, this is a perfect example of how wcw despite having massive cruiserweight talent didn't give a shit about it yeah agreed totally agreed okay and then Next to him in the booth is Zabisco. And I'll be honest with you, I really like Zabisco's work in the ring. I like his work in the commentary. But he's dated by this time. He's an old man trying to keep up with a young man's game. So he kept saying about Hogan, what an act of unmanliness. That, <laughs> that, that phrase is not something you would use like in the 90s. It was like from the 70s or maybe even the 60s. So it was a little bit strange. I like his voice. I like his pitch. I like his energy. But it was just a little bit off here. What did you think about this? Clear that he does not keep up with the wrestlers. Like he calls him this mysterious kid at one point. Like like he's not, he's not up on the guys that are up and coming. That's true. That's true. So if he's prepared, and when he talks about like Hall's matches or when he talks about Nash's matches, like guys he's familiar with, he's he's good. I think he's not bad. He's one of the better wrestling commentators in the right circumstance. I yeah, think. for sure. I think, I think again, like it has to be a more classic match. Like he's got, he's got no business being in a fast paced match. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Okay. Then the other thing before the match starts, there's two things. One is this is a Disney MGM studio and they made a big change before this. They were working the same MGM studio in that indoor thing that like the WCW Saturday night show. Like this is a fucking big jump up from that. And I thought it was a nice looking crowd. The visuals are good. what do you think of this arena? I think the arena is great. And I also want to point out that I hope if I go to a wrestling show when I'm older, mm -hmm. I'm as excited as that old guy is in the white shirt in the front row. You stole my heat. You stole my heat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the entire front row looked like the entrance to Mike's grandmother's house. <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't believe it, but they were all way, way into the action. That dude was like popping way. for arm drags. Like 
<laughs> he was losing his mind. But yeah, okay, so that was interesting. And then uh, the other thing is, as soon as they cut to the footage in the ring, I look in the ring and it's fucking Nick Patrick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got this high-paced, high-speed match and you put the slowest motherfucker in the ring as a referee. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> terrible, terrible. Okay, so the match starts and considering this is 96, there's a lot of shit in this match that we had never, ever, ever seen before, right? And so Shivani can't keep up. Zabisco's way out of touch and it's thrilling to the audience. The crowd is popping like fucking crazy because they're seeing things they've never seen before. But if you're a wrestling fan of today, everything that happened in this match is a commonplace in a wrestling match today. So you don't really appreciate how great it is. But Jim, what do you think about Rey Mysterio at that time? Like, how do you see him and his place in history? Man, he's so fast. Like, like you need somebody like Malenko in with him because he's just too fast at this point. Like, I, I know when he got later into WCW, like they slowed him down a little bit. Right. He was still a high flyer, but like they paced him out a little bit. Like there's none of that going on here. And he... Like, I always thought he was undersized mm -hmm. and he, it didn't matter. Like we, like we watch stuff from Japan, so it's different, right. but he's winning audiences over that are just used to the stereotypical WWF, like Lex Luger, Hogan, Warrior, Nash mm -hmm. frame. He's right. winning all those people over. You know what? I think the WWF, WWE, I guess, made a big mistake by when they brought him in to force him to put on all that size and all that weight because he lost his speed. And that was what made him endearing. You know what I mean? Like that he was like the common man, but he was like just super fast. And you, he did things that you couldn't perceive. And he seemed like he was nothing. And But once you put him in a 220 pound frame at five foot three, now he's a giant. Like even though he's short, he's a gigantic compared to the regular average size guy. I just thought it didn't suit him. I didn't like it. What do you think about his later size? Yeah, like, and they and they did that because they put the belt on him. But then when they put the belt on, they just jobbed him to everybody. He was losing non-title matches, like, every week on Raw. it's like, why did you make him do this if you were just going to job him out? Like, I understand you want him bigger because that's the attitude era. But, like, it didn't work. Agreed. Totally agreed. And, you know, everything that made him charming, you stripped from him. You stripped his underdog appeal by giving him the title. You made him bigger than the average person. So now the average person doesn't have much sympathy. You know what I mean? Like, what did you do? Like, it made no sense. No sense. Okay, but these two guys, you're right. At this time, they work so well together. They're a great complement to each other. And I think, you know, the way Malenko works and the way Mysterio works, it means each guy can get their offense in in such a way so as to counter the other guy. And so you really have a real contest here of not one-upmanship, but rather, this is my style, this is your style, let's see whose style is better. I love the way they complement each other. And, and the thing that Malenko does better than any wrestler I've ever seen is cover a botch. Yep. Like whenever there's a cover for a botch, like he goes right for a pin or he knows it's a mistake and the audience knows it's a mistake. And they're like, oh, of course you would cover somebody on a mistake. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Very, very, very good. There are two spots here. One in particular in the center of the ring that he covered beautifully. Right. I, we'll get to it. I thought it was great. Okay. But the match starts. 
And there's like basic stuff, you know, like collar, elbow, tie up, stuff like that. Then once they get going, this is what Shivani said. Okay. Tilt the world backbreaker. But ladies and gentlemen, later on tonight, the Steiners. (laughs) 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 I had to write it down. I was like, nasty boys. (laughs) Right. What the hell are you talking about? So that was awful. And then from there, you know, we see a lot of Milenko behaving like a monster giant and throwing Mysterio around. And Milenko's small. And so, but just Mysterio's so tiny. And so there's like a, it's almost as if it's a giant versus like a little child. I like that dynamic here. And Milenko in the very beginning of the match does a beautiful pancake press, just launches Mysterio up in the air. I, I thought it was excellent. Mysterio's bumps were great too. Great great interplay between these two in terms of like power and speed right yeah like you don't see a cruiserweight match where one guy takes like the monster spot mm-hmm. but like it's it's believable because malenko's jacked right? right like it's like you're not and and like you said mysterio's so tiny at this time mm-hmm. that like just seeing them next to each other like you're like oh yeah i can i can totally believe this story right at that time he was 135 pounds Oh my God. Yeah, it's tiny. It's very tiny. Okay. And then from there, so Malenko uses all his power to do these great things to Mysterio. And in the early stages, it's a very deep camel clutch. It's very reminiscent of what we saw with Manami Toyota a few weeks ago. Then he holds Mysterio up for a suplex and he does stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Instead of suplexing him, he just launches him forward into the top rope. <laughs> When's the last time you've seen anything like that? Even today, that doesn't happen, right? Well, you when you, when they do it, they're really close, right? right? Like we've seen it, but somebody drapes somebody on there. They don't like, right, right. throw him like a dart. Right, he threw him. Ex- <laughs> that's right, he threw him like a dart. That's a good way to explain it. And then there's another thing. He does a fuck perfect brain buster outside on the mat like holding a guy that high for that long and then coming down with that level of trajectory I think unless somebody's super light there's no way you're doing that he's not doing that to Guerrero he's not doing that to other guys like this just the weight advantage here is just enormous so it allows him to do a lot of beautiful beautiful suplexes and throws and stuff like that I I loved it and then in the early stages Mysterio catches Malenko with a Huron Kanrana. This is one of the first times in North America we're seeing the Huron Kanrana. So we'd seen the Steiner version, right? Like the Frankensteiner. But Mysterio's doing it on an angle. And from an angle, he's like kind of spinning around. It's new to North America. Do you remember seeing that for the first time and what you thought about it? Oh, yeah. It's way, I, I, it's got to be ECW the first time I saw it, right? When he was fighting psychosis, the way, the way he does it, like you're describing, where it's more of a camera angle. Right. Like, yeah, it's way, it's it's not a power move. Like when Steiner's doing it, like even though he's not Big Papa Pump yet, it's a power move, even though it's a, even though it's like a, a flippy move, as they say these days. Correct, correct. It still had some power to it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And then another thing about that spot in particular was when he did it, Shivani goes, oh, is this going to be a disqualification? And I fucking completely forgot at this time, WCW still had that over the top rope disqualification rule, right? Yeah, and it, like and, and like it's so like now. Could you imagine <laughs> if modern wrestling had that rule? Like people would lose their minds. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And so I think it's a smart part of the evolution. And looking back on it, I'm not sure why they ever had that rule in the first place. Like, oh, they hundred percent had it to save 
face and to build up feuds. Like uh-huh. it was an easy way for like a champ or like a heel to save himself in a match. Uh, I see. So it's not to protect guys per se, but rather to advance angles, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. And then from there, you know, spot after spot after spot. The match is only 12 minutes, but it's a lot of spots. And one thing I like about this spot fest is Malenko is always targeting like a very specific area on Mysterio, whether it be the lower back or whether it be the abs or whatever. And Mysterio is always going for like head kicks or attacks to the head. It's not just random RVD rolling around here and there, here and there, doing things that have no consistency. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. I loved all this. And then there's a couple of things that lead us to the end, and we're getting to the end quickly because it's a very, very short match. But before the end, Mysterio does a body slam, and he struggled so much to get Malenko up. But when you think about it, Malenko's probably 200 pounds. Mysterio's 135. That's 65 pounds heavier than him. That's a fucking feat. Like it, I think it's often underestimated how strong he is for his size. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, then he gets him up and then he does a springboard reverse splash off the top rope, which is something Sabu had incorporated into his game. And although I think Sabu is also sloppy like RVD, I think Sabu does this better. He's just got a lot more weight to him. And so it just seems soft coming from Mysterio, like anybody would kick out of it. And then uh, from there, Mysterio climbs to the top. This is the highlight of this match. And I've mentioned it on this podcast before. It's brutal. I can't put into words how incredible this sequence of this match is when Mysterio goes to the top Malenko catches him from the inside of the ring he climbs up to the top rope sits on the top rope holds Mysterio on his shoulders and the crowd knows they're about to see something people are like popping up in anticipation like what are we going to see and then Malenko does a fucking move out of a video game is that (laughs) is that move in fire pro i don't know i mean it is now because every moves in fire pro now but i don't know if it was in back then i don't i don't know it's i don't think so yeah it's that crazy a move that it wasn't even in video games like that's the way i see and it's an off the top rope flying gut buster and i have a friend who was a fiercely anti-wrestling guy like really hated wrestling and i remember distinctly remember watching this nitro uh in a restaurant the day after bash of the beach we watched the pay-per-view i had access to the pay-per-view so i took him and a bunch of friends we went to a restaurant and we watched this in the restaurant they had like a satellite feed and that guy turned to me and he goes all right i'll agree with you wrestling is fucking cool that move <laughs> changed his entire perception of wrestling and he became a huge wrestling fan while the nwo thing was like booming and peaking and stuff like that but what are your thoughts on the flying gut buster off the top rope well again you've been talking about how small ray is and like you could severely damage somebody's internal organs with this move if he's bigger right right because because he can protect him because he can hold him a little longer in the air so he's not you know what i mean like there's ways to mitigate it right but like it still looks fucking brutal oh 
Uh, yeah, agreed. And then, you know, what I love about Malenko, as you mentioned earlier, to cover stuff, right? Like, so there was a spot on the outside where uh, Mysterio misses the moon salt and lands on the ground and Malenko covers it. But here, what he did was outstanding. It's obvious if this is a real fight, there's no fucking way Mysterio is going to kick out. So instead of having Mysterio kick out and damage the value of that move, he picks him up at two. And so... It's kind of counterintuitive. Like, why would I pick up a guy when I don't really have a hot feud to beat him more? Because this is like, you know, there's no angle here. So why you would do that in this circumstance doesn't make sense. But he did it a couple of times back to back to let Mysterio catch his steam and to let him back into the match. I love that he saw that. I thought the storytelling behind it was weak. But what do you think about that? I think it sets it up later for when they have a lot of good matches in WCW that he thinks Ray's not on his level. Right. And I think and I think that sets this up. Like you could have you could have done like a, a two minute interview spot in the beginning where he could have said that mm-hmm. and that would have set it up better. Right. But he tells it in the ring. Yeah. Right, right, right. Agreed. Yeah, that, that's one way to look at it. And they did have a series of matches after this, which is crazy considering all the talent that they had. They didn't have to have these guys again and again and again. But they had them on the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view. They had them a couple of times, I think, on Nitro and Thunder. And again, like there must be like 20 matches between these two, but they never, ever disappointed. Not once. Not once. No. No, outstanding. Okay, and then from there, you know, we have to go to the finish. And Mysterio's going over, but after taking all this punishment, how do you get to it? You get to it with a Frankensteiner roll-up hook, which Mysterio kind of made famous. Is there a name for that whole sequence, Jim? Yeah, I I think there is, but I can't I can't think of it. Like I know I know it's gotta when he does it with power, like he doesn't do it like he when he, later on when he got that mm-hmm. little bit of extra oomph in it when he flipped people, right? Almost like a sunset flip bomb, but I. Yeah. I don't know if it has a specific name. I see. So yeah, it's a very, very reasonably believable finish to the match because Malenko is surprised. It's a move that comes out of nowhere. People have never seen it before. Everything's hooked in tight. Like Mike always talks about when there's a surprise finish, guys don't have their legs over the shoulders or the arms not hooked or the legs not hooked. Everything is hooked in tight here. It's a believable ending sequence to get the one, two, three, and then for Mysterio to escape. I love the finish here for a nice 12-minute match, considering they have like a time limit on Nitro. I thought it was outstanding. What are your thoughts, Jim? I'm surprised. I guess I'm not surprised because we lived through it. But like, like this is for a belt. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like you're hyping a replay of a pay-per-view, which <laughs> which wasn't a common thing back then. Right. And and you're and like you have like a hot open here and you're like you don't care right you're totally dismissing it yeah it's unfortunate these guys i you know what i think that's one of the big areas where bischoff missed the ball he didn't realize like people loved this he wasn't watching the crowd and seeing how the crowd's reacting and realized there was a bigger place for these guys than he thought he just thought of them as an opener get the crowd into the match and that's it move on but there was much more. I think a lot of today's wrestling is actually motivated by these guys way more than Hogan and Nash and, you know, all those guys. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so, like, I, he had, I think, gold in his hand and he just let it slip through his fingers. I, it was unfortunate. But good match. Nice little short little match. 
it's just hard to really get an understanding for young people who are coming to this, why this match is so significant. But I think from my point of view, if I was to show this to a young person, I'd say, just imagine you've never, ever seen a wrestling match before. If you're watching wrestling and this is the first match you see and these moves like have never existed before. That's the way to interpret this match, I think, right? Because none of this was ever seen before. Right, like now it's commonplace. Like young bucks do like this stuff like all day long. Like AEW's right. chock full of this stuff. Right, without Rey Mysterio, that doesn't exist, right? No. No, agreed. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs>